Hello and welcome to Storytime Explosion, a podcast based around your stories and interviews. I'm your host, Mike Fotis. In this episode, I interview local theater aficionado Karen Bratley about what it's like growing up the child of a commercial airline pilot. I'll also share with you a story from Jimmy D about airplane etiquette, and we'll wrap things up with another quick audio sketch from Ferrari McSpeedy. We're working on our endings. Let me know what you think. Okay, kids, let's do this show. Let's do this, shall yes. we? Cool. Well, I'm here with Carmen Bradley, and you're going to tell me the story of how you came to Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, I, I am here uh, because of a stamp, because of a postage stamp. Okay. I never, this was not where I was going to land. This is, um, yeah, it just, it's in fact a 25 cent stamp, and that's basically it. Um, I, my father is a pilot, or uh, was a pilot, he retired recently, um, and the airline industry is very volatile, it's, um, uh, airlines are getting formed and going bankrupt all the time, uh, it's just sort of part of the business, and when I was born, we were living in Alaska, and he was working for a company called Ween, and, uh, that was a, a small startup company. And so we, I, he was working for them for a few years and they went bankrupt. And the, as all pilots do when an airline goes bankrupt, they, pilots will then look for work all over the world. Uh, because a, a pilot, the, the skill set for being a pilot is fairly specific and it's always sort of a global job search when you're looking. So he looked for work all over the world and uh, we moved to... Saudi Arabia, which is actually, um, my first memories are from Saudi Arabia. It's, um, they're, it's just sort of all sense memories. It's hot and there's, it's windy and it's dry and there's like grit, there's sand in the wind and it's, there's a lot of yellow. I, like I, I have those sorts of memory, like my very first memories are from there. Um, and the very first uh, years of your life talk about just weather extremes. Yeah. Actually we had a, we had a dog the only time we ever, my family ever had a dog was in Alaska. We had a husky, and it, and there was no way we could take a husky to Saudi Arabia, right? right? So we got rid of her, sadly. Um, but it did, yeah. We went straight from one extreme to the other, and uh, we were in Austra- we were in uh, Saudi Arabia until I was about four or five, and then um, Ween got back up and started again. They sort of formed together, and my dad had enjoyed his job there, and so he went back to work for Ween, so we went back to Alaska, um, which, uh, when I was about five, we moved back to Alaska, and were there for about five more years, and again, Ween went bankrupt. Um, just couldn't couldn't keep it together, so went bankrupt a second time. Maybe and because it's called Ween. Maybe. <laughs> like, really? Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can get behind that that idea. Um, so again, my dad applied for work all over the country, all over the world, all over everywhere. And we moved uh, to Virginia. He got a job with a little company called Presidential Airways, uh, which was out of D.C. Um, and so we lived just outside of D.C. Um, when I was about 10 to when I was about 15. Um, in addition to, to Presidential, he also applied at Northwest. And wait, was that right? Yeah, that's right. 
I'm getting my timeline messed up. So he he also applied at Northwest, and along with all the other pilots who were um, laid off because of the of the um, the bankruptcy at Wien, mm-hmm. S- and the pilots union or, or Northwest, excuse me, Northwest said we won't hire you guys because you're 40, and pilots have a mandatory retirement at 60. It's just that's part of the business is that regardless of whether they need to retire or not, they are required by law to retire at 60 because of eyesight and because of reaction times. And so they're starting to slow down. And so they say, so it's a mandatory cutoff. So Northwest was saying, well, because we would only get 20 years with you, we'd rather invest in younger pilots that we can have for longer. And the pilots union said, ah, 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 that's ageism. You cannot not hire somebody because of their age. You need to hire the best person for the job, period. And took Northwest to court. So this is when I'm 10. And I don't know anything about this. I'm 10. I'm, you know, I'm I'm a kid. And Mm -hmm. my parents don't bother me with this information, rightly so. And and so they, my dad just sort of lets that go. He doesn't really care. We moved to Virginia. We're living in Virginia. That's fine. Um, And then presidential goes bankrupt. Like, airlines do um and so in again the cycle sort of begins my dad looks for work all over the world all over the country and we end up i'm 14 we end up um get he gets work with uh, anset airlines which is an airline in australia of course because that makes sense that's where that's where the next logical step would be (laughs) that makes sense to me So we go to Australia. So we pick up and move. And I'm like heartbroken. You know, I'm 14, I'm 15. I'm Mm -hmm. just, you know, I'm a teenager. My best friends are still in Virginia. And I'm just like, you know, so it's this very traumatic experience for me. And my family moves again. Uh, But, you know, the, the thing that was nice about, I mean, in retrospect, all of this moving around made it very easy for me to adapt to new situations really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, easy to meet new people, easy to jump into, like moving off to college was no big deal at all. That was easy. I mean, I, I hear from some people that, you know, they spend their whole life in one small town and then they go to college and it's a, this crazy traumatic experience for them because their whole world shifts. And I'm like, eh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. After two years, it's ready to move again. Right. Yeah. So it was it was really easy for so me. So you didn't write any sad poetry. No. You didn't slam the door of your new home. <laughs> <laughs> I was sad to leave my friends, um, but that was it. <laughs> that was pretty much it. And uh, so, uh, at any rate, we moved to Australia. Um, I'm about 14, and I am, uh, and that's. I mean, it's hard to leave the friends, but it's cool to be going to Australia. Yeah. Um, and so we moved to Australia with every intention of living there indefinitely. That's what, you know, I actually start, uh, you know, we're there for a couple of years and I start looking at colleges. Um, Is the airline industry more stable in Australia? Well, you know, I mean, it's, um, it's smaller. There's basically, as I remember, there's basically two airlines. There's Ansett, which is the, the domestic airline. And then there's Qantas, which is the national or international airline. Right. So if you want to fly back and forth to the States, you take Qantas. If you want to fly from Perth to Melbourne, you take Ansett, gotcha. basically. Now, in all of this time that has passed from when the Pilots Union took Northwest to court, which was seven years ago in this timeline, the court battle has been going on this whole time. And I have no awareness of this, completely nothing, I have no idea. Um, and 
that's fine. We're just living our life. My family doesn't really care. Um, but turns out the pilots union won- wins. They win the battle. The, the court says, you know what? This was ageism, and you can't not hire somebody because of their age. And so part of the settlement was that Northwest had to re-interview all of the pilots that they originally said no to. There were about 200 of them. Um, and so re-interview and reconsider every single one of them. Um, if they wanted to. Right? right. So they sent out a letter to all these pilots that sort of explained the court situation and explained the settlement terms and said, as a result, you have been, if you are interested, you can have another interview with Northwest to potentially consider uh, employment. And uh, so some, you know, poor receptionist somewhere is putting all these letters in these envelopes, mailing them all out. Just They're just going out. Um and they're all form letters. They're all just going out. Now, we're in Australia. And in order to get mail to Australia, um, it, it's quite a process. Letters go, it's, if they go airmail, they take about two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time to get mail back and forth to Australia. And um, it has to have an airmail sticker or it has to have airmail written on it. And it requires double the postage. So it requires two stamps. Uh, in order to go airmail. If it doesn't, it goes surface, um, which is by boat, and it takes two to three months. And that is, I mean, we regularly had letters from people that forgot to write airmail, and they sent it, and it went surface. And it was just, that was the way it was. If mm-hmm. it had airmail and it had the double postage, it went by a plane, and it took two to three weeks. Otherwise, it was going by boat. And that thing was never getting to you. Um, now, all of these letters that the, the poor receptionist sent out from Northwest, all were the same, exactly the same, did not consider zip code, just had a stamp, a single stamp, and the letter that sent out. Mm-hmm. So did not say airmail and did not have the second stamp. So by all accounts, that letter should have gone surface. Right. And in that letter, it said, we are re-interviewing in three weeks. So if you want to come to interview, let us know, and we will set you up with an interview. So this letter, somehow, we don't know, somehow this letter got mixed up in the airmail bag. And and we know that when we got it, it didn't say airmail, it didn't have, but it came in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it got, somehow it got mixed up in the airmail bag, it got to us in two weeks, which was one week before the potential, the possible interview date, so he had enough time to respond to the letter, to set up an interview, to get on a plane, to go back to Minneapolis and interview for this job, which he did, and we he got the job, and we packed up and moved here. So the only reason why I'm here is because somebody didn't put a second stamp, or well, somebody should have put a second stamp on that letter. If mm-hmm. it hadn't worked out that way, that letter would have gone too late, and we would still be in Australia. Yeah, I wonder what your life would have been like in Australia. I was actually thinking about going to school for veterinary science. Really? Yeah. You would have taken care of kangaroos. <laughs> I would have, and sheep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm glad you're here because I think you're delightful. But I mean, that would have been, oh, what's in this pouch? A baby kangaroo. <laughs> that would have been nice. Yeah, but you know, it's it, it it's Australia. It's far away. Yeah. You know, and I really like Minneapolis. There's a lot of good stuff here. So it really is. Yeah. Did you have 
were you was anybody resistant to it or was every your family I, pretty on board with going back? It, it was hard. We were we were on board except I was now 16 and had my first boyfriend. I was going to say now oh. you're for sure and slammed the door right poetry face. <laughs> yeah, I was I was very emo for quite a long time. <laughs> I I I listened to a lot of really crappy crappy music. Australia so. crappy Australian music? No, there's not as much crappy Australian music. There's more crappy American music. That makes so. its way via airmail. Yeah. <laughs> 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 mhm. Yeah, so that was but we've been here ever since. That was in 90 That was in 91 and mm. we've just stayed. So, and my dad has since retired, so my parents aren't going anywhere anymore. They're they're staying put, and I have no intention to leave, even though I never intended to be here to begin with. Yeah. I like it, I want to say. Well, I also think I feel like I, because I spent so much of my life nomadic, now I really want to root. I want to stay in one place. Yeah. Now I don't want to, I've already seen the world. I've already done the travel thing. I've already tried the new places. I like travel. Yeah. I like to do that, but... In terms of living, I don't feel the need to pack up and move. Yeah. And, I mean, considering what you do, mm. um, you know, in the arts and stuff, it's this kinda, is a great place it's for harder, it. it's, it's hard to find a place that's much better in terms yeah. of being able to get stuff up. In terms of being able to do stuff, the Twin Cities theater scene is pretty amazing. Yeah, like, maybe really exposure is better in other places. Well, and there's maybe. also, there's also such a, a wide range of, structure uh, structure support for the arts in all different forms the visual arts and music and improv and yeah. straight theater and i mean it's it's all there's support and stuff there um and there's also now that i have my own theater company that you know prorata is definitely not nomadic if i get up and move prorata can't move with me prorata stays in minneapolis so i would need to find somebody else to run the company because yeah. it's part of that part of the company existing is is the the reputation and the infrastructure and the people and the, the fabric of that is all really rooted in this theater community. So I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm staying. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad that stamp happened the way it did. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. It's Jimmy D. Uh, so here's my airplane story. Um, this is going back. I was underage, too, uh, a few years. Um, and they used to do these deals on the weekends where you could go down to New York from Boston. So you could go to Logan. To, it was actually in Newark. You'd go into Newark and then take the bus into Manhattan from there. And we would do that to go, you know, record shopping and guitar hunting and everything. Um and we did this one time. We found out after we'd done it a couple of times that you could drink in the Newark airport, that the lounges in Newark, they didn't care if you were underage, they would serve you. So uh, we got fairly hammered waiting for our – because the flight would be, like, really early in the morning. It was, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. You'd fly into New York, and then nothing would be open, and you'd have to walk around all over Manhattan for a few hours. And then you'd fly back at, like, 8 o'clock at night, so you'd have, you know, an hour in the airport from the shuttle. And we got hammered, and we're on the airplane, and we're taking off in what turned out to be a fairly bad storm, and it was lightning and thunder, and the plane is going up on this real sharp angle, like you're sitting in the plane, and you can literally see the nose is way up ahead of you. 
Uh, and uh, as we're doing that, we we start. My buddy and I start joking how this is it. We're going. This is obviously we're going to die and we're going to crash. And um, and uh, I was telling him how I had read some article about how if you uh, die in an airplane crash, it's actually the aorta ripping from the heart and impact that kills people more than anything. And the guy next to us just put his hands over his mouth and started to like vomit. And he unbuckled his uh, seat. Uh, belt and ran to the bathroom and uh, and he never came back for the whole flight and we laughed about that because that was pretty funny. So I did make a guy throw up on an airplane. I felt you remember things like that. That's my story. I'll talk to you later. Hi. <laughs> you uh, you got the window seat. Yeah, I like to see the clouds. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're a lucky duck. I just want to put that out there right now. You're a lucky duck. I usually prefer the window seat, Stop. but it just didn't work out for me this time around. It's a locked flight. We can switch, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd switch with you. You do that? Yeah. Well, I don't know you, but you seem like a nice enough guy. I am a nice enough guy. I don't fly very often. You don't. You look like a, you with that neck pillow that you have, and you've got three books. It looks like you're an expert flyer. I enjoy reading, but the doctor says I have to always wear my neck pillow whenever I'm sitting for long, extended. This is not for comfort, sir. Oh. I have to wear this whenever I sit because my neck, my neck bones... Well, you have baby, strong enough. You have baby neck syndrome. Yes, exactly. You've heard? Well, it was in uh, uh, last month's issue of In Flight magazine. Oh, so you do fly quite a bit. I am always in an airplane. Well, uh, what do you do for a living? I just fly. I won uh, when I was uh, I, when I was 24 years old. I won uh, a drawing for free flights for my entire lifetime. And so that is all I do. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty cool job. Oh, it's not really a job. I don't have to fill out any paperwork. I don't have to report to a boss. Oh, that's nice. Except for the the fun boss. That's not... I don't have to Oh, you don't have a fun boss? No, I don't. Um, I work in a factory that makes the little plastic soldiers that come in bags. No kidding. Yes, sir, I do. Well, you bring smiles to millions of children's faces. Less than that now. It's not as popular as it once was. I understand. Thousands I understand. would be Thousands? more accurate. Well, that's still, that's a lot of kids. Just barely breaking the thousands. Oh, okay. It's tougher. Okay. We went from a factory, now we're in a, it's still a factory, but it's, mm-hmm. picture a large basement I can do that. And take 20 feet off of each side. So a medium-sized basement. Yes. A medium-sized basement oh. would have been the better well, way d- d- to do Settle down. I'm, I'm, your neck just started moving a lot. <laughs> it does that. I'm on a... I'm going to meet a man who might be able to help me. Is that why you're going to Tulsa? That is why I'm going to Tulsa. All right. He is not board certified as a doctor. Oh, sometimes you you have to do that. Oh, I'm glad you said that. You have to think outside the box. I'm glad you said that because that's what I'm trying to do. So he's going to... Can I just run by what he's going to do to me? Well, it's a three-hour, 45-minute flight. Because I'm nervous about it, but it feels like it's my only option. 
See, it's a very delicate procedure. It starts off with... Sir? Sir, why aren't you moving? Sir, what's wrong? Oh, no. Oh, no. You're dead. Why did my voice change in that sketch? Why did that man die? We'll never know. Bye-bye.